This is Paul Nobles with Eat to Perform, and I am here with Dr. Susan Kleiner. Um, Dr. Kleiner is going to be doing something we call Sunday with Susans. It's going to be a topic that we tackle that, you know, either Susan or I are seeing kind of in the mainstream and want to have a conversation about, right? And so we're just going to jump right in. Um, if, you, if you want to know more about Susan, you know, my favorite thing to say is Google her. Right, she's all over the internet. She worked with a lot of high-profile athletes, things of this nature, and she has a site called DrSusanCleaner.com. Um, but I think the the tackle that we wanted to topic uh, the the topic we wanted to tackle for the very first one was this idea of gluten sensitivity and uh, chronic inflammation or inflammation. Right, and so there's some confusion related to a lot of these things. So we're going to start with the idea of gluten. And so what happens is you have people that are celiac, right, which is a very small portion of the population. And then there is this other, you know, group that thinks that they have gluten sensitivity. And so that's where I'm going to hand things off to Susan. Thanks, Paul. Well, first of all, I'm at DrSKleiner.com. If you go to DrSusanKleiner.com, you get to some psychologist in Southern California, which you may actually like her site, too. But <laughs> So I'm Dr. D-R-S-K-L-E-I-N-E-R.com. Well, so the story of gluten and gut sort of upset and distress. Yes, there are people who are celiac patients. Uh, and they absolutely cannot have gluten, and they react terribly to it, and they get quite ill when they consume it. There may be, and probably are, a category of people who are gluten sensitive, and we can actually somewhat measure that by immune function. And, um, and so there may be some kind of another small category of people that are gluten sensitive. On the whole, People who definitely experience uh, gut upset, like nobody's saying this is in your head, you're really experiencing it, there's a, 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 a huge range of things that can be happening. And one extremely common one is that people have thought, well, all these other people I know are cutting out carbs out of their diet, I'm gonna cut carbs out too. And then they think, well, maybe I should test that. And they haven't had much carb in their diet. They've been eating what we would consider low carb. So under 100 grams a day, maybe 50 grams or less for a couple of weeks, maybe even lower. Um, but, but it doesn't take any lower than that. And you actually downregulate the transport proteins in your gut that help you absorb the carbohydrate and move it from inside your gut to your bloodstream. So it's not absorbed. So it hangs out in your gut and your gut biome or all the cultures in your gut, bacteria, yeast, everything else gets very excited and, and really gets, you know, kind of binges on all that carb that didn't get to where it's supposed to go that's hanging around in your gut and you get really bloated because the side effect of their metabolism is a bunch of gas. And so, so 
So you get very distended, very uncomfortable. I see people who look like they consumed a basketball. I mean, you can have huge gut distension from this. It feels like you've got inflammation. It, you know, it's just horrible and painful. And basically you've done it to yourself because our bodies are extremely efficient. Otherwise we have to be the size of a house. If every compound that we can make is manufactured all the time. And so when we have compounds that aren't being used, they are down-regulated and it takes consuming a food where they're needed or required to initiate the manufacturer again. And so until that gets initiated again, you have a lot of discomfort. So imagine eating beans, or for some people, lentils are the best example, times a hundred because nothing is getting transported. And we have athletes that go through this, all kinds of people that experience this bad upset the minute they reintroduce carbs into their diet. So it isn't something you can't overcome and it isn't something that has to happen in such an extreme way. It's just that most people who have been restricting carbohydrates dramatically and then give themselves permission to eat them don't just have like you know you know a, a half a cup of rice they go to town and they say well let's see what's going to happen and and then the bugs in your gut also party and so um so that is one really common experience that i know i see in clients who come to me and so the solution to that is don't ever completely eliminate carbs or if you do basically eliminate and as i said it can be you know you can be eating 50 grams a day you're basically on what we call a low carb high fat diet or you don't have to be ketogenic but you are low enough that you it doesn't require much um work on your body's part to to absorb those carbs and sometimes you're not absorbing them but you're not so distressed because you don't have that many well, I, so wanted, I wanted to interrupt for just a second yeah. because you, you brought up something that's really important um a couple things that i wanted to really highlight is that you did it to yourself right like and most people aren't realizing that um the other thing is that uh you know, before I became Paul for me to perform and things like this, I was just an uninformed person that didn't know people like Susan Kleiner. And so, you know, this was probably 15 years ago where I was on what was a low carb, high fat diet, right? And um, I remember this was right after, um, you know, kind of an event. I kind of hit my goal weight, right? Went to Hawaii with my wife and did not go crazy. I think one of the things that you sort of mentioned there that, that I think you were gonna kind of highlight a little bit is just to reintroduce a little bit slower. Your body's just not ready right. for dramatic introduction of, of carbohydrates at that point, right? And so, you know, it, there's this idea of it, of it being so extreme. But when I went on this vacation, I was, I was um, um, low carb, high fat, and then I just ate kind of regular, right? I didn't do anything super extreme or anything like that. Um, and then I came back, 
and I was up a lot of weight. And what I think would have happened if I was uninformed, what I would have thought is, you know, I was inflamed, um, those doggone carbohydrates that got me, and we really didn't, you know, kind of, you, you hit on it, but it was really kind of the sciencey version. I think, you know, the way that I would sort of describe what you said is that carbohydrates naturally you're going to have a little bit more water, right? And you might need more water to process them, right, within your system. And so at the end of the day, you, know, you can effectively deal with it. But if you were in a situation like I was in where, you know, you gained, in, in this case, like 13 pounds in the course of like, yeah, you can really gain a lot of weight. Um, one, don't overreact, right? One, you know, it's just your body kind of reacting to something that was just not normal. And even like I said, in my case, I did not feel like I was extreme. I was active, you know, all these different things. But I was all—I had also lost like 75 pounds, mm -hmm. right? It was not like a small amount of weight. And so if I would have just realized that, hey, if I could introduce it a little bit slower, I might have reacted better to it. There's another part to this that I think is also really important. And one of the things we want to try and do with these is keep them relatively short and consumable for everyone, right? But the other thing that happens is there's this, this I feel like people are using this in a way to um, deceive people, to be truthful, right? Where you have inflammation and then you have chronic inflammation. Now, chronic inflammation is the bad kind, right, where you're over-consuming for a very long time and your body is storing fats and it's not doesn't always end up being the good kind, right? And then there's inflammation, right? And so, like, if you work out and your knees um, deal with a little inflammation so that they heal up and then become stronger, that inflammation is positive. And what happens is, is there's this, this misrepresentation of the inflammation that happens when you squat compared to the inflammation that happens when you overconsume food over a long period of time and it becomes a chronic health issue, right? And so inflammation inherently is not a bad thing. It's your body's natural response to how to deal with it. So I'm gonna hand that off to Susan because I'm sure she has some thoughts on that. But I just I just think that a lot of people look at this gluten issue and kind of, you know, just through misinformation, look at that and say, well, now I'm chronically inflamed or I'm inflamed. And it's like, well, you might be, but you did it to yourself because you have ultimately how your body can process carbohydrates by going to this very restrictive way of eating and just simply moving to a um, more inclusive way of eating allows your body to process things better. So this is Sundays with Susan, not Sundays with Paul. So I'm going to let Susan go. So, um, you know, one thing we've talked about before in, in the identification of gluten is that gluten comes in from grains and and, and I have, 
you know, I've been sort of talking all over the internet about it's not the grain's fault, it's what we do to the grains. And so it's typically not gluten per se, but it's the processing and, and what we're doing to, to the flours and then the foods that we're consuming. So, so that's just to start with, but the idea of, of inflammation, I mean, you don't know if you have inflammation unless someone is actually looking inside. So your personal interpretation or someone else's telling you, oh yes, you are inflamed, um, nobody knows that. Um, you may have discomfort. Uh, it may be from what we just talked about, which is a lot of gas. Um, and it may be because you um, had were sort of incapacitated to, to absorb the carbohydrate. And so it caused a higher gas uh, in, production in your gut. Um, but, but the idea of cons reconsuming carbs, reintroducing them into your into your body, um, gluten or not, you you also will bring back for every gram of carbohydrate three grams of water that you will store. And water is really heavy. That saying a pint's a pound the world around, two cups of water weighs a pound. And if when you went on your low carb diet, you lost five to 10 pounds over a period of a week, you will gain that back. That's missing fluid in your body that you will function fully hydrated in a much better way, including your immune system. And so prior to um, uh, consuming that carb, you are, are probably functioning at a little bit of a deficit. You add the carbs, yes, everything may go a little haywire. You may, if you have inflammation, it may be on your way to returning to a stronger you, um, where your body um, gets signals that it says, oh my God, I need to do something here. I need to respond. This is a stress. And that's how in when exercise is a stress, it causes uh, microscopic tears in the muscle and we the body responds with inflammation and then we we end up bigger, faster, stronger. Right. That's how we rebuild. And the body does that with everything, with our immune system, with our bones, with our central nervous system. That is stress is how we build and so and how we build resilience and so the initial perhaps inflammation that you may experience if in fact that's what's happening may just be your body signaling as i said time to turn up the manufacturing machinery on carbohydrate metabolism so there was something earlier that I did not touch on that you said, because I think that this is also important, is you said there may be a small percentage that are sensitive to gluten that are not celiac. And I know everyone listening to that part went, I'm that person, right? And I would, I would challenge everyone listening to this video to try to not be that person mentally, right? Because a lot of what Susan is talking about, about, you know, exercise and stress and inflammation and using that inflammation to become bigger, faster, stronger, right? That's how you build muscle, right? When you're talking about carbohydrates and insulin, 
you know, there's a lot of misinformation that talks about insulin being a storage hormone. I think insulin is actually better referred to as a building hormone. You can it is, it's an anabolic hormone. Yeah, it's very difficult to build a significant amount of muscle without some level of carbohydrates. Now, Susan and I, are we arguing for high levels of carbohydrates? Absolutely not. Are we arguing for maybe like a cyclical approach, especially if you're coming out? Sure. I think those things are, are likely very positive for you know what you need as a human being. But I think what happens for all of us, including myself and maybe even Susan, is that when we hear something, we go, that's me, right? And it might not be you, right? Like tend to look at yourself more empowered. And I think that's going to be kind of the better way of doing things. So I think we should end on that note, but go ahead. I'll give you the last word. Yeah. So just the last word, those people who identify as gluten sensitive typically have no problem when they eat actual whole grains. So they are unprocessed. So you might eat uh, wheat berries. You might eat, uh, you know, quinoa. You, so there are things that are gluten free, but you might be just fine eating the whole grain that has not been processed because when it's taken apart, and you're eating just the white flour and the processing of a baked good that uses white flour, um, it takes apart the parts of that grain that actually pre-digest the gluten itself. And especially when you use, you know, long-term fermented rice bread and all that, you don't have to eat bread. You don't have to eat noodles. You do need to eat whole grains. And I'm gonna just put that in there because they are critically important to health. In fact, they decrease inflammation. They increase the health of the gut. They increase the health of your gut biome, and you will live a longer, happier, healthier life if you include whole grains in your diet. So that sounds like a great first episode. Appreciate you doing that, Susan. And the next one, actually, we're gonna do is on hydration. And you're, I think you're gonna see a little bit of similarity between that one in this one. So look for that next week and talk to you later, Susan. Bye-bye.